Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to Facebook Live with the Intelligencer, the Bucks County Courier Times, and the Burlington County Times. I'm Tom Moore, and I'm joined today by uh, Intel Courier sports writers Drew Markle and Todd Thorpe. Well, guys, in the last uh, two weeks, uh, been a lot of process, a lot of progress toward playing again. Um, the Phillies and Sixers had a week of workout. Uh, the Flyers are doing uh, voluntary individual sessions uh, in South Jersey, and. The Eagles are still apparently planning on July 22nd being the opening of training camp. We had a game uh, yesterday. The uh, Union defeated NYC Football Club 1-0. Uh, we'll start with you, Drew. You know, uh, the numbers of the COVID-19 are up, uh, but uh, the, the teams and the, uh, you know, the are getting closer to playing. Is it more likely than it was two weeks ago that everything happens or less likely the same? What do you think? Tom, I just have this this image burnished in my head of Joel Embiid showing up in Orlando in a hazmat suit. <laughs> it, it was just, you know, kind of startling. And then spending a couple of days uh, earlier this week out at, you know, North Penn football practice and the Chamonix football practice. They're doing they're just conditioning work. I, I, I mean, I, I hate to be pessimistic, but I'd really be surprised with all the with all that's going to have to go into it to make it quote safe. I, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't see it. Todd, there's at least 40 people uh, in major league baseball, either tested positive so far or opted out. I think it's at least uh, 10 guys opted out. Um, you know, what do you think specifically with baseball? Uh, do you think they're going to start and stop? Do you think they'll, will they get to July 23rd and 24th when everybody opens and, have, you know, Will they make it through 60 games in 66 days? What, what do you think? I mean, I, the way it looks, sort of something catastrophic, they're going to try to do it. Um, it. It's, you know, obviously it's an effort to recoup money that's already been lost and not, on both the owners and the players. Um, some of the players obviously are looking at it as, you know, we have enough money, we can, we can, we can go without a year. Um, the owners, are unfortunately, are not, or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, are not. They see a way – that this tournament type season that they're having can recoup some of the billions that they're losing here. Um, so I do think, yes, they're going to try to get this whole thing in and they're going to try to make it work. Um, you know, it's just, it's like hard to imagine a, you know, Atlanta Braves team without Freddie Freeman or Nick Marcakis or the three quarters of their starting lineup or the Phillies. When you look at it as their situation, you know, Scott Kingery um, is coming back. I guess Aaron Nola is back in camp now, which is a good sign. Um, but what's going to happen. I mean, you gotta, you gotta think as they keep on testing, they're going to keep on finding people, um, with positive tests. And that's the state we are as a society right now. If you start testing every citizen, there's going to be a significant portion of the population, not significant, but there will be a percentage of the population that are going to test positive, maybe even asymptomatic. But that's that's what you're just running up against. As you're getting large congregations of group together and testing them all the time, you're going to, you're going to get positive tests. And 
I, I think baseball owners are pretty determined to see this through. Um, I don't know what the product is going to look like. Again, if, if, if we're seeing minor leaguers, you know, regularly on the major league rosters and significant players not, not playing, you know, I mean, Mike Trout, I guess, is playing now, but I know he's talked about not playing. I, I mean, these, these are guys, it's really not a baseball season. It's just kind of some modified tournament that they want, or a shortened season in the tournament that they want to do to keep their money, to, to keep some of the money, get some of the money back. But, I, I mean, I think it's going to happen. It's just a matter of what it looks like. Yeah, I went down to the Phillies earlier this week um, to one of the workouts, um, and it's just so different. And then I guess uh, the last two days they had uh, intra-squad scrimmages, and you know some of the changes. I mean, they're they're not supposed to throw the ball around the horn after an out or a strikeout because multiple people touch the ball. I think I looked it up that Major League Baseball quote strongly discourages doing that. Um, you know, they there's no there's no pregame meetings um, in terms of the the managers and the umpires with the ground rules. Uh, uh, base runners aren't supposed to talk to their base coaches. The base coaches can't leave the can't leave the uh, the coaching box. The Phillies are lifting weights on the concourse. They're eating in the Diamond Club. Um, you know, no spitting. It's it's amazing. Uh, Drew, how do you think the fans will react, you know, to this? I mean, I guess on one hand, they're thrilled that, you know, some will be thrilled that they're playing. But how will they react and how long the players obviously will have to adjust? They don't have a choice. But how will the fans take to this, you know, MLB 2.0? Tom, I think, you know, it'll be weird at first, kind of like it was, you know, if you watch this, you know, the start of maybe the English Premier League or, you know, maybe the Korean baseball that ESPN has been showing. Yeah. And you see, you see like with the, with the soccer leagues, you see, you know, you know, players sitting in the stands, the reserves and everything. And, and you know, it, you know, the first couple of times you watch, you're like, boy, this is weird. But then, you know, after a while, you're like, okay, this, you get used to, you know, you get used to it. And I mean, I, I'm hoping, you know, I don't want to be a pessimist about all this stuff. I'm hoping that they play these games. I know the seasons are all short and everything, but, you know, I, I think people will get used to it because, you know, you know, A, people get used to things and B, people are dying for, you know, people are hoping to, to get any kind of sports on. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, they certainly have made progress in terms of, you know, working out and so on. And they have dates. I mean, the, the Sixers are in Orlando. They have to quarantine for 48 hours and they'll practice on Saturday. They open, uh, they play it, begin their final eight games, the regular season, August 1st against the Pacers. The Phillies open the regular season July 24th at 7.05 p.m. at home against the Marlins. And the Flyers will begin their round-robin tournament with the top, the other top three teams in the East on August 1st um uh what will it take Todd do you think for do you think it matters who tests positive as much as how many well, I think, how, if, I if think the season's going to come yeah I think how many is going to be the key I mean you just saw where MLS sent a whole team home um so if the, if that happens say in the bubble in in Orlando for the NBA you know what will they do if you have an outbreak on Team X, is Team X just going to be out? You know, no matter how good they might be. Sorry, you 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 had you had a lot of guys test positive. We can't keep you in the bubble. I, I mean, I, or do we have to shut the league down for another two weeks so everybody can isolate? Um, a lot of perfect pieces have to kind of fit together, and it doesn't help that you know Orlando is the the site, and Florida right now is a bit of a mess in terms of coronavirus, and so you're 
you, Orlando's going to be a tricky one. I mean, I, I cause it, again, you're all in an isolated area and you know, it, it's tough. It's, and it's, these guys are also creatures of habit. You know, you're going to, you're going to get restless at some point being inside this bubble. And, and it's, it's just, it's, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. I think the NBA, because basketball is definitely a for a, uh, you know, kind of like a tournament type format. And, and I think you can pull it off. It'll be weird not having fans there. I mean, I don't know. I saw they have the courts lined up one right next to each other. I don't know if that there'll be different games going on or if that's just for practice or what, but it could I be, think that's for practice. It could be like a yeah. summer league type atmosphere, you know, really could be an odd type where you hear everything everybody says. And, but I think, you know, get back to your question. I do think that, that the big question is if there's a, even a mini outbreak on any one team, what happens to that team? Do they do what MLS did and just send a team home and say, you're out? Um, it, 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 that's the big curious part about it. I mean, hockey certainly looks to be in the best position, um, number one, because they're waiting and until August. And number two, because it is in Canada. And so many of the athletes that play in the NHL are from Canada. You know, I think they have more of a chance that it's not as outspread because it's not as widespread in Canada right now, the virus. I mean, they contain this a little bit better. Um, I know they have a lot of European players too, so I don't know how that ties into the equation. But uh, I think hockey has the chance to to succeed the best. And again, that's another sport where you know the playoffs are like its own tournament outside the regular season anyway. So it doesn't seem that much different, really. But um, it, not seeing the fans is just going to be weird. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I, I said the the NBA in the bubble seems to be the one that I would say is the biggest risk. That if there's an outbreak, they just shut things down. You know, that that's what I could see with the NBA. Yeah, Joel Embiid had a talk to uh, the Philadelphia media for the first time in four months uh, the other day, and he said that he, you know, all, all he's going to do is stay in the hotel and play video games, but he doesn't know about other people because they want to go out and you know socialize and get a drink or do whatever they do, you know, being mostly twenty-something, um, you know, individuals. And like Drew said, you saw the hazmat suit he had on flying to Orlando yesterday. It looked like he used something from the. Uh, 23rd century or something on the I can't imagine the amount of material to make one to accommodate a seven foot 290 pound guy that was that was very very interesting uh but Drew one day you went out to North Penn and the Chamonix uh football workouts this week uh just kind of what you saw and what you think you know about the high schools how are they handling it and what are the chances you know they get to they play their uh you know schedule this fall uh Tom I think I, I would I would be surprised if, if football were to be able to play um, because of, you know, you know, the, the inherent risks, you know, with this thing. Um, I would be surprised if, you know, if, you, if, we, if we'd have uh, boys and girls soccer, too. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if you had and I hope this I hope this happens if they don't play some. I hope they play the ones that they can. I hope they can play the golfs and I hope they can play the cross countries because you can, you can socially distance with those sports, maybe girls tennis, you could play because I fear, you know, you look, you look past the fall, you know, look at the winter. Are they going to be able to, are they going to be able to wrestle? I doubt it. You know, are they going to maybe have a real shortened season if we get a, a vaccine somewhere early in the year, are they going to be able to play basketball? Would they be able to swim? So now we're going, you know, we're, we could be looking at, you know, a fall and a winter with very little. So I'm, like I said, I'm just hoping that 
the, the sports that can socially distance, they'll let those kids play. So at least some of the athletes will have a chance, but I, I, I would be, again, uh, kind of surprised if, if football were able to play or, or the soccers. But yeah, to follow up on what Drew said, I no, think high, ahead, sorry. high schools will take a lot of their cue from the way these colleges are approaching this. And I think some of the announcements by these colleges in recent days has got a lot of eyes open, like the Ivy League not having a fall season um, in any sport. Now, the Ivy League obviously has different priorities. They're not as concerned about the financial losses. Um, but, you know, then you hear Ohio State and, you know, the Big Ten is saying that they're not going to have non-league games at all. And the ACC is saying we're not starting until September 3rd. And, and so I think, you know, the colleges are doing this. I think high schools are going to have to look at this and say, well, if colleges are this concerned about uh, putting a football, which, quite frankly, it's – and potentially you're looking at two 70-man rosters, 75-man rosters, as well as all the coaches. And that's even if you don't have fans. So I think high schools may look at that and say, we got to take our cue from them and go from there. I mean, I know everybody wants to and everybody's hoping. But in the end, it's the, these, are, these are kids, school kids, and we can't, we can't this kind of risk. And I know I've, I've, I've been, as far as spectators go, I've been out. Um, one of the summer baseball leagues has reformed outside of the scope of American Legion. And it looks like they're taking a lot of protocols in terms of the players and the, and the game itself staying, you know, with, with the, the safety protocols, but the fans in the stands, I mean, I, I to say there's 25% of the people wearing masks and social distancing is a, would be a stretch. So, and I, so I think you get into a situation with football and you start even letting just parents in, you're going to have a lot of people congregating together and we're, we're all creatures of habit and social distancing, especially at a sporting event is not an easy thing to do. And I, I just think it's, the landscape is going to be completely different than anything we're used to. So it wouldn't shock me. I'm kind of with Drew. It wouldn't shock me if, if they didn't have a, a, a fall season. Drew, I saw that uh, Delaware Valley University in Doylestown and the Middle Atlantic Conference that it plays in, um, I guess they announced that this morning that they're going to – they're planning to play fall sports, uh, but they won't start football until at least September 18th. I guess they'll just play their conference games – um, were you surprised by that? I mean, you knew they were going to make an announcement. Is that what you were expecting um, them to say? No, actually, Tom, I, I, I kind of expected the opposite. Um, you know, on that Division three level, you know, it's, you know, it's a non-scholarship. Uh, you know, they're, they're not relying on, you know, their sports programs, you know, to, you know, to, to fund their coffers, you know, for uh, – like like the big time Division One you know programs do, so that they did kind of surprise me that they you know are going to try to go and they stress that they're going to try to go forward with this, and it's not it was it's not just football. I mean every sport they that they play in the fall, you know it won't start until September 18th in you know in theory. So what they you know they bought themselves a little bit more time too. You know they were looking looking at now they have two months. Um, to kind of to get the you know the landscape and see what happens. Maybe things get a little better and they're able to do it. Um, and I, I hope they will be able to. Or you know, if things get worse, they can just pull the plug. But now you know, just playing you know in conference games like the Big Ten said they're going to do. That's a good idea because it just gives you more flexibility. You know what you know each each program's doing as far as the safety protocols. So. And again, you know, any kind of season, I'm sure they're thinking, you know, it's better than no season. So, again, I think it was more about 
you know, buying them some time to, to, to see where we're, to see where we're headed. Yeah. I, I saw that, you know, one of the, you know, byproducts here, and I think it's kind of unavoidable is, is for instance, Bowling Green was supposed to play two big 10 teams in non-conference games and Bowling Green, I believe gets a total of $2 million in guarantees to get its, you know, to get beat 55 to seven. But a school like that, that's not, you know, not thriving, that doesn't draw 60,000 people for home football games that can, you know, that can, uh, uh, that can drive the budget and probably does drive the budget for almost all their teams for the year. You know, we have um, the Centennial Conference, I, I guess, uh, are they, is it tr- they're not having sports in the fall. Is that right. true? I, I know there's, right. there's been a lot of news. Um, is, is that, is that right guys? No, no sports for our sign is Swarthmore. No, right, correct. In the fall. no, no is, sports is that there. That is correct. And Tom, I think, you know, to your point with, what we saw the other day with Stanford dropping, I believe it was 11, 11 sports. You know, I think that was, that was the A first domino. Sports, to, yeah. 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 That, was the, I mean, that, that was the first domino to fall because, you know, if you read the stories about it, you know, they, you know, they were, they were considering doing it anyway. And then the pandemic hit and granted they said Stanford had a lot, you know, a few more sports than most, you know, big time colleges had. So maybe they were just trying to trim a little bit of fat, but, I think, you know, with this pandemic, it's going to give a lot of schools, you know, carte blanche to say, you know, you know, goodbye to, to that sport and goodbye to that sport. And they can just turn and say, well, you know, the pandemic and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, the, the, the tentacles on this thing are just never ending. I think I, I certainly think with colleges, especially at Division three level and, and even Division two, you know, I, I think their first concern, let's face it, sports are just a money drain. And they're trying to find something, some way to open their doors normal this fall. Because colleges are taking a huge financial hit because of students and the drop of enrollment that they're anticipating for because of the coronavirus. I mean, you're, you're talking about major financial commitments. In many cases, kids are going to have to work from home. And so I think athletics is going to be a byproduct of, of the overall financial trouble that colleges are having. And I think that's what you're seeing at the Division two and Division three levels. All right. Well, I think uh, I think uh, that's probably a good place to wrap it up. We got into well, Tom, you know, pros and high if, schools Tom, if and I, colleges. If I, um, if I could jump in, so, Tom. If I could jump in for one second. What's that, Drew? Tom, I just want to jump in for one second um, with a, with a bit of a shameless plug. Uh, we, you know, as a staff, we've we're starting a series um, Wednesday online and Thursday in print of the top ten athletes of the last decade in, in nine different sports, you know, on the high school level, uh, everything from wrestling and basketball to football. And, you know, it's a series we all worked on and, you know, it's, it's going to be beginning on uh, like I said, next Wednesday online and next Thursday in print, I believe. And, you know, I think, I think you'll find it. I think folks will find it pretty interesting and probably get mad at us, but you know, that's okay. Field hockey and girls basketball, you name it. Um, right. Yeah, that's, and... that's definitely something to look forward to. Consecutive, be in the papers nine consecutive days starting uh, next Wednesday, correct? I believe, Tom, um, Wednesday online and then Thursday for the part one and print, thir- I believe. Yeah, I believe it's Thursday okay. in print there you go. for the first one. All right. So, yeah, please, please look out for that.
Um, so uh, we will wrap it up with the Intelligencer, Bucks County Courier Times, um, and Burlington County Times uh, Game On Facebook Live. Um, I was with uh, Drew Markle from the Courier Times Intelligencer, Todd Thorpe, and I am Tom Moore. Uh, thanks so much, and check back uh, for the next episode. Have a good day. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.